good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Another episode of Beyond the Pew, yeah. Pastor Bruce Rosa. Yes, it is Beyond the Pew. Pastor Eric Gill, we're back. We're back again. With another episode. And with another special, very special guest. Yes, we do. Yes, we. as you know, for the new season of Beyond the Pew, we've mm-hmm. been interviewing different guests. We have another great guest today. Rick Colelli's with us. Mr. Rick Colelli. Mr. Rick Colelli, which is an Italian name, by the way. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. an Italian name. Strong Italian yeah, name. Strong Italian name. And uh, yeah. Rick, we're glad you're with us this, this morning, yeah. afternoon, or evening, here. whatever you're watching. Yeah, we're everything yeah. we're watching. Yes. We're very glad about Rick. Rick is one of those individuals that, you know, he has he wears many hats. And so we're excited to hear which, you know, what those hats are and just to hear your heart for ministry. Uh, so, Rick, why don't we start with that? Uh, what, what, you know, who are you? What are your roles here, Mary? I think what ways are you involved? Uh, in case we have somebody that may not know you yet. Okay, I, I'm, I've been, I'm on the elder board. I'm one of the elders. I'm, I'm honored to serve on the elder board. Uh, I, I'm also working maintenance um, with with all our maintenance staff. Um, we work hard at keeping the church clean and get all the rooms set up and stuff. I, I serve on the worship team. Um, I, I get to play with my son Sean, which that's. One of the greatest joys I've had, and then um, I, I mentor a lot of different people, and I'm involved in men's ministry, and those are some of the stuff I do. Yeah, Rick's uh, a little bit modest here. Yeah, um, he very is one modest. of our elders, important part of our elder board. He is the director of our maintenance crew, so you're yeah. the guy responsible for oversight, the scheduling, putting people where they need to be, all the things that are happening behind the scenes. You're giving oversight to that from our maintenance crew. So we appreciate your mm-hmm. leadership Thank role you. in that and in your mentoring uh, yeah. of a lot of younger guys, um, yeah. you know, on the maintenance team and out, as well as outside of that, even yeah. within the church. So yeah. very modest yeah. in your in your credentials, if you will, for you know, the roles that you're in. So yeah, he's essentially like a utility player for the church. Like he has so he's, he doesn't, I mean, look at the variety. He goes from elder to be involved with worship, to maintenance, to men's ministry, to mentoring. So it's a very wide range of ways that he's involved. Indeed. It's very cool. You know, indeed. Uh, Uh, Now Rick, privilege to do it. How long have you been in Marinata? Been about um, 14 years, I believe. 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you share with us uh, in what ways were you involved in the church before those 14 years? Because, you know, in case some may not know, you were at one point a senior pastor. Yeah. And so tell us about your experiences with that. Uh, and then also what were some things that you had learned in your time when you, you know, from being a senior pastor, what you did afterwards and not even here, Marinata, some things that you have learned. Well, um, I, I got saved about 50 years ago and then um I just grew in the Lord. God just really allowed me to be around some very godly men. I, I was so thankful for the mentors in my life who, who poured out into me. And that first time in ministry, I did. Uh, I was always, always involved in the worship teams. I, I grew up playing a guitar since I was a young kid. So um, music was just like the natural place for me to fall into. But I always felt a calling to preach. Um, and I always felt a calling a shepherd. But uh, the process of getting there, it, it took a while. Um, and uh, I was a youth pastor for a while, did that. And then um, um, th- there was times that they let me preach here and there. Uh, I got involved in the prison ministries with Esley Patch, one of the missionaries that we support here at Maranatha. And um, I learned a lot from being around him and going to the prisons with John Wiseman and and uh, Esley and a few other guys from our church. Mm. And then... Um, um, I ended up being under my father-in-law who pastored a church in Wadsworth. Uh, he was there for 34 years as a pastor. 
And I learned a lot, made a lot of hospital calls with him and visitation. I, I, I learned just by watching. And then, um, um, I went, I left there for a while, went and became a youth pastor at another church. And then the Lord led my wife and I back to help my father-in-law finish. He was getting ready to retire, not even dreaming of becoming a pastor mm-hmm. at that church. I just didn't know where the Lord was going to have us. But, um, somehow God opened that door for us. And I took, I took that church. I was the pastor there for 12 years. And I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where you want me to start. That was in Wadsworth. That yeah. was in Wadsworth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I pastored it for 12 years and it was a small church. It was a lot of older people. Mm. Um, and then God uh, slowly but surely began to grow the church. And, but it, the person that grew the most was me. Mm. Um, I, I learned, learned some, some people asked me if I knew what I knew today, would I take, take that job? And I said, uh, probably not. But I wouldn't know what I know today if I didn't take the yeah. job. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful for the time mm. there. And, mm. and the church is still going now. It, it's doing really well. The young man that took my place, uh, they changed the name of it to Mosaic and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a growing church. Wow. It's that's doing good. really that's pretty well. Good. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, that's, we would like to see you. And now, now I would say that, you know, Bruce hinted to this, how kind of you were being humble in the way that you portray yourself. But I would say that, like, one of your, the, the my favorite things about you is how much of an encouraging encourager you are, yep. Elder. Yeah. Uh, and how you are somebody that, like, you breathe that. Like, yes, you, if you, if you know Rick, you know that in a conversation with him, you're going to live in courage. Yeah. Uh, unless he's talking about the Browns. But besides that, <laughs> you always it's encourage. Hard to encourage about the Browns. And, right? uh, you know, we joke around. We call you, like, the modern day Barnabas for that reason, Thanks, you yeah. know, yeah. son of encouragement. So, I'm excited for you to be in this in this podcast because I want to talk. We want to talk about that area of encouragement. So for someone like you that is constantly encouraging, and to an audience that we're telling them, hey, this is something for us to do beyond Sunday. What are some of the things that you have encountered as a challenge to encouraging people? Um, well, for for me, I I know when I was in ministry, um. It's being in a small church, you don't have a whole lot of people encouraging you. Mm. And um, for everybody, I always ask everybody that wants to go into ministry, um, my son, John, hates this question. I always say, I'm sure you want to do this. Okay, <laughs> I've said it to you yeah. a thousand times because uh, it's not easy. What mm. these guys do isn't easy at all. And that's uh, so I know I needed encouraging. Okay. And I know when people did encourage me, how it would help me. And I always tell everybody, uh, my wife and I had two, two Labrador. Uh, retrievers and my, and I used to tease these dogs left and right. Um, they have to go get the ball. No matter, no matter how tired they are, no matter how old they are, I'd, I would throw the ball and they'd look at me like, you're not going to throw that ball again. You're going to throw that ball again. And I would throw it and the dog would go get it. And as they got older, they would try to avoid me. And as soon as they bring the ball back, I would throw it. They had to go get it. And I feel like the gift of encouragement is something I, I can't help from doing. Mm. Um, I know how much I wanted encouragement mm. and how much important it was to me. Now, the hard part, the question you asked me was, um, challenges. Challenges. That, um, um, the biggest challenge is you're looking for the humble. Okay. Um, you can't, you can't disciple or encourage the proud. You're looking for those that are humble and broken. And, uh, um, it, the challenge is if, if do they, do they learn from their mistakes and then do they want to be encouraged? Uh, a lot of people, the hardest part, and you know, this first is discipling people. Is are they really wanting change? Sure. Change won't take place until mm-hmm. you're completely empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of people are battling um, 
different uh, wrong ideas of themselves. And when you encourage them, they're like, thanks, but they don't really don't believe what they don't see what, what we say, see sure. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a huge area yeah. because I mean, across the board, culturally, not only in America, internationally, like people are dealing with discouragement. They're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, self-esteem issues. They're dealing with, you know, all kinds of self-conscious like type issues yeah. that are in need of encouragement. Like people need encouragement, right. you know, and I think what you said earlier of relating how much it meant to you or would mean to mm-hmm. you when you were in ministry yeah. to be encouraged, yeah. knowing that that's something that would make you tick, right? Something that would build you up. You then in turn want that for someone else, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think it's a good challenge with people like listening just to consider that, you know, think of how it makes you feel when someone is an encourager to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And wouldn't you want to do that for someone else? Yeah. You know, wouldn't you want to see that reflected in your passion for the Lord? And as you want to represent Christ well, to want to encourage people yeah. um, because everybody does need it. Yeah. One of, the, one of the reasons I'm here at Maranatha, beside the Lord leading me here, was I was in a really bad place as a, as a pastor. I felt alone. And I, I had the privilege of uh, going to a pastor's breakfast and Butch was one of the guys there. And that's where I met Butch and asked him to mentor me. And he, he mentored me for probably two and a half, three years. We'd meet every month. Uh, he was always faithful. And I used to joke around with him. I said, I know your church is really big. Shouldn't you be, you know, out there? He goes, this is what I do, Rick. I, I mentor pastors. Mm-hmm. And it was Butch that encouraged me and kept me in ministry uh, a lot. There was a couple other pastors around me mm-hmm. that did the same thing. But Butch was a big influence of keeping me in ministry yeah. and helping me with the church. So that's, yeah. I, I needed it. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for Butch at those and, times in my and life. And I would say, I will testify as a firsthand witness of your ability to be able to do that. You know, since I started Marinata, you have been involved in my life in that way from day one as a mentor and someone who constantly is mentoring me and, or uh, encouraging me and challenging me, uh, I, even as a pastor. And it's something that, like, I I, I know that I'm not alone on that. Yeah. So it's, it's something that's really exciting. So... Clearly, you're gifted in in, in encouragement the, with the gifts of encouragement. But I think beyond that, your heart too will align with your giftedness and your ability to be able to do it well. Uh, what would be some practical ways? Like if we have someone listening, maybe they're not gifted in encouragement, but nonetheless they recognize that that's something that we all could do, we all should do, we should all be encouraging others. Uh, what would be some practical ways for them to? Be encouraging to be an intentional encouraging other individuals. Well, um, I I know that when I was pastoring the church, and like I said, it was a, as a lot of older people. God did bring younger people in, but um, there was a gentleman named Bob Combs. He always told me, "We're one generation away of the church being extinct." And what I caught when I was pastoring, especially a lot of uh, us older people, um, we hold on to things. You know, this is my ministry, or this is my um my Sunday school class, or this is, you know, uh, but what's really important is that we encourage the next generation. It's our responsibility to give it to the next generation. And a lot, one of the things I would encourage people on is don't be afraid to give it away. Mm. Don't be afraid to give ministry away or whatever it is you think is so important. Because the more you give away, the more God gives more to you to do, you know. I never dreamed I'd be at a church like Maranatha yeah. in my whole life, you know, and I'm so thankful to be here. But I've learned that it's not it's not mine, you know, and we have to encourage the next generation 
So that, that's is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. No, it, no it's, it's good. It's yeah. really good. I mean, I I feel like that's something that, regardless of age or generation, there's a tendency for us to kind of kind of hold on to what we think yeah. is ours. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to necessarily thinking about the next individual that's going to either take over or step in or even, you know, someone that can fill in when we're not able to do something. Our tendency sometimes is this is mine, yeah. you know. And so I think that's not just an older generation. That's every generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, think too, and I think, too, like it's interesting because like when you look at our world right now, uh, our world does have a lot of things available for people to want and to desire. And so what you often find is that people, the reason why people are discouraged is because they see what the world has to offer and yet they're not able to obtain those things. And though they start to compare, they start to feel bitter, they start to lose hope and, you know, and, and we go on and on. And the power of encouragement is so special because someone like you can come and say, hey, don't be so distracted with what you don't have. Look at what you have. Yeah. And then start counting your blessings, right? And 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 that's just an example of ways that encouragement can change the perspective and the the mood and even the 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 purpose of someone's life uh as they're finding themselves dealing with discouragement. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So even with what the question as well, if there's people listening that are like, I would love to be an encourager to people. What what would be something you would tell them practically they could do to encourage someone? Or how would you say, hey, start here. Do this. If you want to be an encourager, start here. Well, Pastor Steve and I just went to lunch and we were just talking about this. It's real simple. Jesus said, uh, all power has been given unto me. You know, and he said he told us to go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. Okay. And teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you. And he says, and I love this part, wherever you go, doing this, I'll be with you. Yeah. Okay. So it starts to just get in people's lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, uh, it's, it's kind of easy for me to get into people's lives. Um, if you don't know by now, I'm an extrovert and, uh, I'll talk your head off, but, um, um, <laughs> we have to get in and listen to people's lives. Uh, part of being a shepherd is getting in people's lives. Okay. A lot of times people that want to go into ministry, they think it's the, the glamour of being up on the stage yeah. of preaching or that. But what really matters is pe people don't care what we know till they know how much we care. Mm -hmm. And when they know that you care, they're going to open up to you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned to get into people's lives, listen to them, love them where they're at. Um, and just try to encourage them to keep walking with Christ. Uh, Jesus said in, in Matthew 18 about restoring the, the person that has fallen. Our job is to go and get them. And if they, if they repent, then we're to keep encouraging them. Come on, keep walking with the Lord. Keep walking with yeah. the Lord. Don't beat them up. We'll walk with the Lord. If they fall again, we're to go get them and encourage them. Come on, keep walking with mm -hmm. the Lord. That's what people did for me. Yeah. You know, when I prayed and received Christ as my Savior, I didn't go from being this a horrible sinner to be in this super saint. I had all kinds of struggles. I still have struggles. Yeah, and it's, you know, Bruce, you've encouraged me many a times. Eric, you too. I mean, I can name a number of people at this church that's encouraged me in my tough times. And that's what we're called to do. Yeah. We're in this together. We're not, we're not against each other. We're all in this together. Yeah. I think an authentic love for people, right, is huge, yeah. which is what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can be very negative about people, yeah. right? Or we could think yeah. the worst about someone rather than thinking the best about someone. I mean, a thought came to my mind. I, I've used this as an illustration before, but I get, it's a known thing. I get frustrated when I'm in traffic. Like I get frustrated with bad drivers, which I don't consider myself a bad driver, but people who are other people are bad drivers, right? So we were at a stop stoplight the one day, my daughter was in the back seat 
it was i can't remember which daughter it was or she was very young though uh in her car seat and the light turned green and the car in front of me did not move and i waited what seemed like a long time it was probably like a second and i said go it's green like i yelled at the car in front of me from sitting in my seat and my daughter in the back seat said oh daddy that's so nice of you to let them know it turned green that was her response was she thought i was trying to be encouraging <laughs> and helpful because she thinks highly of her dad and thought so nice He's, of you. yes and so i said oh yeah honey sometimes people don't see it you know <laughs> but it was quite convicting because i was like man like her initial inclination of me as her dad was that i would be an encourager to someone mm -hmm when there was a need there, but that doesn't come as natural encouragement as criticism, yeah. right? Well, and comes and so we yeah. can be very critical, not yeah. so much encouraging, but if we truly love people, like hopefully our our natural response to people is one of encouragement, not yeah. criticism. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's what marks your life. Yeah. That's what stands out about with your life is that you are a natural encourager to people, um, but not just natural in the sense that you desire to do that, but you also have worked on that. Like yeah. you, you make yeah. it a point to do that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, because of some of the backdrop that you've had, that God's brought you through in ministry, that's at the front of your mind with people yeah. and you do a real effective job of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, plenty of people would say that. So yeah. And, keep and, doing that. Yeah. Keep doing yeah. that. And I, I, and, I, and I think too, like, like you have the fact that like to be able to encourage to your point, Rick, you have to love people. You have to love people even more than yourself. And many times what happens is, is that you, we can get, and it's so easy. I'm guilty of this. I can get so caught up on, on myself, on the, on where I am in life, on what I'm struggling with, on what I'm lacking, of what I'm not getting, that I'm missing that there are people sitting literally next to me that have it 10 times worse. And I have the ability, if I were to distract myself from myself, to just say one thing that could impact that person's life. But I rub that person and I rub myself because I am so caught up with myself. But if we have a genuine love for people, then we are navigating life intentionally observing those around us, yeah. opposed to like intentionally observing myself. And I think that's a that's a big that's a big problem when it comes with encouragement. Yeah, it is. Um, you just gotta. You know, the hard part about a living sacrifice is a living sacrifice can crawl off the altar. Okay. And that's what we are. We're a living sacrifice and we have to put ourselves to death every day. Mm -hmm. But if we just look around us, there's opportunities for us to encourage and, and share the gospel with people every yeah. day. It's, it's simple. It really is. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, the door will be open. But like you said, Eric, yeah. we have to get our eyes off of ourselves. And, yeah. And, and like when you think of encouragement, like you, it's not something, you're not necessarily talking about like a 20 minute conversation. And you say, Hey, like you saw somebody, pick up a trash at the church and say, Hey, you know what? That was, that was, that was, thank you for doing that for, for, for taking care of our, of our building. You, you know, you said somebody holding the door or what, you know, it's just coming recognizing people and seeing where they're at and just, just intentionally making a comment to uplift them. It's key. It's, yeah. it's key. Yeah. Uh, but to transition a little bit, because in your role too, here as a leader, as a director, you do have a lot of individuals, you have a group of individuals that work under you and that you are responsible for them as a leader. And so obviously we are in a church, so it's somewhat of an expectation, but I think knowing you and knowing your heart, you will do this regardless of your career. Uh, and it's the idea of mentoring those that work under you. And so, you know, if we have someone who's listening that they are in a workplace or in a position of work where they are above individuals, uh, 
it, what will be some insights or encouragement or I guess encouragement too that you will give them for them to be able to mentor those that work for them? Well, if you, you really think about this, um, it, there are two people in our lives that really know us, okay? There's our family. Like you said, you know, your daughter and you in the car and your wives, they, our wives really know us. Okay. <laughs> Most of the people at church, we're just acquaintances with, yeah. but uh, our family knows us real well. My wife can tell you all my faults and everything I do wrong it's with no problem. Um, but well, no, we know we do that. By short list. <laughs> yeah. very, so, short very, list yeah. very short list. Yeah. Very short list. Yeah. Yeah. You can have her on the show next week. Next week. Join, Join us next week. Yeah. We bought a Kaleli. <laughs> yeah. Ask the wife. Ask the wife. You can ask my children. They'll let you know. Sean will definitely let you know. Okay. And the other person that knows you real well is those that work with you. Right. And it's, it's the same relationship. You let your guard down with the people you work with, just like you let your guard down with your family. And, um, so there's the best opportunity in the world because these people know you. They work with you every day. So you can either really exemplify Christ or you could really do a bad job of yeah. letting people see what Christ really looks like. Yeah. And so I've always learned that with the people I work with, um, like the, the staff that I work with here at Maranatha, they're like brothers and sisters to me. I mean, I just love these people. We always joke around. We have our own connect group here on Monday and Friday, yep. and it's such a good group. And we're always encouraging each other. No matter what we're going through, we try to come alongside each mm-hmm. other. But with the younger guys that the Lord has put in here, um, I've, I really get excited about that. There's been a number of younger guys we've hired because you, Eric, you would give me a name and the person could get here. And it's funny, most of them are thinking about going into ministry. Now, anybody that ever worked here with me, they know I always ask them one thing about ministry. Are you sure you want to do this? this? Yeah. And that's (laughs) what I would ask them over and over again as they're preparing for college. But I'm encouraged. They they don't think I'm encouraging them, Mm -hmm. but I'm testing to see if they really have the calling for it. Because as you both know, the only thing that's going to keep you in ministry is what? You're calling. You're calling, yeah. yeah. And so that's what I'm always looking for. But I'm always encouraging them. And so I've been blessed to have them type of guys work under me yeah. at the church, and I can pour out. And what I always, and you know this, Eric, I tell you this all the time, I always just tell them what I did wrong, mm-hmm. okay? And I said, just do the opposite. Here's what I did wrong. <laughs> do the opposite, and you'll be successful, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I learned from I learned from my mistakes, and I think that's the key, is uh, do you learn from your mistakes? They're not a failure. Mm-hmm. They're not the end. Yeah. They're just a teaching point. Mm-hmm. No, those are those are some great um, encouragements and challenges. I think one of the things you said that I don't want people to miss that are listening. You had mentioned about you know people who are over you. How are you living for Christ? Mm-hmm. Are you demonstrating Christ's likeness? Are you reflecting yeah. Christ? What are they seeing? Because you're right. When you think about anybody's given work week, if they're working a full time job, forty hours, and they're spending minimum, 40, 40 yeah. plus hours a yeah. week with the same people in their places of employment, yeah. and and we can be reflecting Christ, or we can be damaging the testimony that we yeah. have for Christ. And think about Peter, where Peter said, "Listen, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you." Mm-hmm. And and I heard someone say one time, you know, we need to give people a reason to ask about the hope that's within yeah. us. They should be asking. Yeah. Yeah about the hope. And he says, be ready to give an answer for it. And so I think a a practical way to ask the question is, do people that you work with, that you're with every day, day in and day out, see, and in particular, if you're in positions of leadership, or if you're in positions that are under leaders, that are watching you, are they seeing the hope that lies within you? And obviously the hope that Peter's talking about is the hope that's in Christ. 
do they see that reflected in your living, in your words, in your actions, in your work ethic, in yeah. your integrity, right? Yeah. And so um, that's a vitally important, hugely important mm -hmm. part um, that I think is good for anybody listening. Again, this doesn't just talk about things that are happening inside the church. This is happening in our everyday lives, yeah. everywhere that we go and everything that we do, that people would see that. Yeah. And then when that opportunity comes to give an answer, speak of Christ, like talk yeah. about yeah. your relationship with Christ, encourage people with that. And so those are good challenges, yeah. I think. And, and I remember like when, like when I was dating, you know, I had so many men come to my life and, and it was like, uh, it was one of those things that I like, you, you were wondering, do you guys get together and I'll plan this stuff? Like, but it was like, that would say to me, you gotta make sure that when you, if like, if you and Jenny don't work out, you want her to be closer to Christ, you know, and if, if, if there's such a metric than when you first start dating. You know, the idea of me and my relation, how I treat her, how I interact with her, that she will grow in her relationship with the Lord, right? And we put that on dating, but the same principle should be applied when it comes to our work, our workspace. In that, in the way we interact with our coworkers, in the way we interact with our, like the people that work on, underneath us, that the way we work with them and, and, and treat them, that they are closer to God because of how we behave, how us, we yeah. talk, how we handle ourselves with them. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You agree with that, Bruce? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. All right. So with that, the idea of mentorship, uh, Bishop, you know, and this goes beyond now, like if you're in a position of leadership, just if you are somebody that you do mentor, what are some of the challenges that you or what, what would you say if, if someone wants to mentor another individual, but that individual does not want it to be mentored? Well, um, I one of my professors at Moody, it's always taught us, you only disciple the humble. Hmm. And, he always, and he always taught us, you don't chase them, they need to chase you. Now, I, I'm a firm believer of, of you know, reaching out to people mm -hmm. and trying to help them, but you, you can't force somebody. Hmm. So you're looking for the person that's humble and that's really want, wants, wants you to, they'll chase you, they'll, hmm. they'll follow you. And a lot of times, I, I remember when I was pastoring, I was chasing people. And, um, and I couldn't figure out why, you know, they weren't growing. Well, they really weren't wanting change. They might wanted a spiritual guru or something just to speak to them. Mm -hmm. But for real change to take place yeah. in their life, they got to be humble and broken. And that's who we're looking for. Is Jesus always came for those that were hurting. Yeah. He didn't come for the healthy. He, he came for the sick. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and even Jesus looked for the, the, the sick and the downcast. Yeah. And I think that somebody, it's important to look for somebody that's like, I can't do this. Well, you're in the right place. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to grow weary, right? Yeah. In doing well. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're told don't grow weary when you do well. Yeah. And one of the things that causes weariness is when you've invested into someone, you care for someone. And then there's not a reciprocation of like care and investment back, right? And they just kind of go their own way. And I think that's a hard thing to not grow discouraged in when that takes place because our natural tendency is to want to see immediate results, right? Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Well, um, my biggest struggle, Bruce, as a pastor, prior to being a pastor, I was a carpenter. Yeah. And I used to go into work every day. And if we build a big building, uh, I got to start on the gr ground floor. And, uh, you know, we'd build the walls, the concrete guys would lay the foundation. And then we start putting the walls down. You'd go to your truck, you'd get in the truck, you look out there and you'd say, hey, those walls are up. And you'd feel satisfied. The next day you'd come in, you'd start putting the trusses on yeah. or, or you'd you see start, the progress. You see the day, progress. Yeah. In ministry, you can pour out into people. And you could spend months or yeah. years with them and you won't see a change. And Eric, you and I have talked about this a lot. 
Um, ministry is totally dependent upon Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not depending on Absolutely. us. God's yeah. asking us to be trust Him and give Him the Word. And a lot of times we we do it uh, trying to help people uh, get closer to Christ. We think it's dependent on us. Yeah. And I had to come to a place where I realized I've got nothing to offer except yeah. Jesus. You yeah. know, there's nothing in my ability but Christ. Now the good news is Jesus came to seek and save. That the which lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. And I think for people listening, again, we've used the word encouragement a lot in mm-hmm. this segment, but I would say an encouraging thing for them as well is if they are mentoring someone or they've been in a relationship with someone that they've invested into and they're not seeing that result or they're seeing the opposite take place, again, don't grow weary in that. Yeah. You know, yeah. be encouraged that that yeah. it's not anything we can do. Christ has to give the increase, mm-hmm. right? One plants, oh, yeah. one waters, only he gives the increase. Yeah. But that should not be a discouraging factor from seeking to continue to encourage and mentor others. Because, yeah. you know, we we did some training recently in Mexico with some pastors that were down there. And during one after one of the training sessions, a pastor came up to me. He had been in ministry for three years and he was a little bit discouraged. He said he wanted to find out, is it just him? Did he do something wrong? And he said, I've invested into someone in my church that I saw as a potential leader, and I've invested in them for quite some time. And he said, and he just has completely gone the opposite direction. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, I, he's just no longer a part, doesn't want to be invested into. And he's like, have, have I failed? Have I done something wrong? Am I the only one that that happens to? And I was able to talk to him and just smile and say, you are not the only one that that's <laughs> yeah. happened to. Mm-hmm. He's only been in ministry three years. And I yeah. said, listen, as someone who's been in full-time ministry for over 20 years, I can tell you that still years. to this day, that's, indeed, uh, wow. still to that's this day. a world record Guinness. Well, when I, when, I, when I used to meet with when I used to meet with Butch, and I would pour out about my frustrations. Now, remember, I looked at Butch's, and I still look at him up this way. But he had a big church. Yeah, I thought everybody at Maranatha was a Bible believer. That Butch would get into the pulpit, and everybody would say Amen. No one was mad at him. I really did. That's how distorted yeah. my thinking was. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember I would tell Butch my problems, and he would say to me, "I have those problems." I'm like. No, no, yeah, no, you no, don't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't believe him until I started working here. Sure. And then I I began to realize Butch has the same problems I had. There's it's just at a bigger level. It's just at a bigger level. But I really, just like that guy, I thought, well, all right, I got this small little yeah. church. This is what we'll give Rick Clelly. You know, you know, but you know, but and those feelings would only be adequate or only be accurate if it was dependent upon us. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. So the only way that that would be adequate is if it was truly only about what we can do, right. not yeah. about what Christ has to do. And so certainly there are times that leaders have to adjust, and they may be responsible or at fault for something that's taking place because yeah. we're going to make mistakes as yeah. leaders, yeah. right? No pastor, no leader, no mentor is going to be perfect, right? Yeah, Only like Christ you, is perfect. As a leader, you as a mentor, mentoree or mentor, you can be the reason maybe why your mentoree is not growing because maybe Absolutely. there are things that you're not doing right, right? Absolutely. And so that's a different category, yeah. right? But we're talking about in the situation where someone is, they're honoring God and mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're putting in the time and investment. They're trying to encourage people, but it just seems like it's not being received. Yeah. Don't grow weary in that, yeah. right? Press on. And, 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 and I think like I love that because like there is a great there is a clear indication, and you see it throughout the New Testament, where there is not a call for anyone in ministry or anyone that is being obedient to God when when it comes to like mentoring or disciple or encouraging. We're not called to see growth. 
Like it's not our responsibility to see the growth. Our responsibility is to plan and to water. Yeah. The you know, and, yeah. and the Lord is the one that to do the work. Yeah. And and I think that like we often, you know, like when you think about many things that relate that doesn't relate to the church or to ministry or to the work of God, we can be proud, kind of to your story, we can be proud of what we accomplish. Like as a carpenter, you can be proud of what you build. But as a, someone who's being obedient to God, that is ministering in people's life, the only thing, thing that we can be prideful, prideful or have pride on is on the work of God. That's what Paul would say. Like, if there's anything that I'm going to boast, it's on the on the cross on the, the on, on the on the Christ on the cross of the of Christ. Like, that's the only thing yeah. that we can boast ourselves instead of recognizing that. Uh, now, Bishop, as you're wrap as we get into a part of wrap up, you know knowing your story and you don't need to get into too much detail but how would you encourage someone that is listening that is either going through a hard time or has experienced a hard time how will you encourage them to to say to them hey those seasons of life here's how you can utilize to also encourage other individuals that may find themselves in a similar situation well the answer to your first question is um if you're going through that and and you don't know what to do you got to find somebody. Um, you got, you got, you know, it's not, it's not good to fight a battle alone. Yeah. Um, I know that, um, sometimes I can think I'm a lone ranger that I, you know, but I, but lone ranger need a Tonto. And, uh, uh we, 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 we all, we, 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 we all need a friend. Okay. Now you might be out there and you, you don't feel like you don't have a friend. You're all alone. Uh, just pray and ask God to bring someone along in your life. Like I told you, it was Butch that came at the right time for me. And I was so thankful for him in my life. And, you know, again, I was scared to death meeting with him at first because I thought he's going to find out all my weaknesses and that I'm really not qualified mm -hmm. to do this. But he did not come across that way. Yeah. He come along my side, encouraged me and, and just kept on put, helping me do ministry. And then the second thing, if, if you're looking to help somebody, just take a good look around. Mm -hmm. You know, um, don't sit in the same pew every week. Uh, don't go to the same ABF. Uh, go, go, uh, ask, uh, butcher you or, or one of the people in church. Hey, is there anybody that I can mentor? Yeah. And cause there's plenty of people that, you know, I know in men's ministry, yeah. we're looking always time for people to mentor someone. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, and I would say to caveat off that two things, don't just wait for someone to come to you. Right. Yeah. So Chase if God them. has impressed someone on your heart, either to mentor them or to be mentored by them, don't, just pray and saying, Lord, I, I hope you'll bring that specific yeah. person and have them come say, I want to mentor you. Yeah. Yeah. If God's put someone on your heart and you're like, man, I would love for that pastor or that leader or that man or woman to mentor me because I feel yeah. like I would grow tremendously from them. Approach them and say, hey, would you be willing to invest into me yeah. and, and show mm -hmm. me and help me to learn what you've learned? Because most of the time, if they're people who are of the character and quality we're, we're talking about, they're they're going to jump at that opportunity. Now, yeah. there are some situations where they're mentoring people already and they may not have the time. Right? Yeah. So it's not that they don't want to, but, but yeah. they're they already fix doing it. With somebody else. Though. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I would just say not to be passive in it, right. you know, be be actively pursuing yeah. that. And the same is true as if God is impressed on your heart, you know, I would love to mentor that individual or yeah. God keeps bringing this person to my mind. Don't wait until yeah. your paths cross, yeah. right? Take the step of action yeah. to say, hey, you may not want this, but God's impressed on my heart, you, you and, and I want to encourage you, and I want to see if you'd be willing to get together, because sometimes we can be too passive, yeah. right, with yeah. those things. Well, with, with, back to Butch, 
Um, I was pastoring a church and I felt all alone. I knew him at a breakfast. I was scared to death of him. And all of us are scared of Butch, right? And uh, <laughs> um, um, I picked up the phone and I called him. I yeah. said, Butch, do you mentor pastors? He goes, I do. I said, would you mentor me? He goes, when do you want to start? Yeah, which if is I a great example. If, if right, I wouldn't yeah. have picked up the yes. phone and chased him, he would have never. Yeah, heard. absolutely. And, and, and I would say like, I would say like, if you have a desire for somebody to mentor you, and you look at like our staff, you look at our elders, like I would think it's, I think it's safe, safe to, to, to assume that for the most part, we'll jump on it. Like we yep. will, we will jump Absolutely. on it. I think, I think maybe what, what we would have to talk about is the frequency or what it would look like. Yep. But I, I just can have a, I would have a hard time seeing someone saying, no, I don't want to mentor you. At a minimum, we may refer you to somebody else right. and say, Hey, yeah. So, uh, you know, right now is not the right time. I cannot meet with you, but here's this individual that I think will be fantastic or even better in, in, than, than, than what I could do, right? Depending on the situation. Depending on the situation. Yeah, correct. But a lot of people don't know we have men's mentoring and women's mentoring. Yeah. Like that's available to people here at the church. Um, and that's one on one mentoring. We also have D groups that Pastor Steve's put together. Put together. Small groups that meet together. So that's available. And, and, here, and here's a plug in for that. Like, you may feel like you don't have much to give to invest in people's life. And that's just a flat out lie from Satan. Mm -hmm. Let me be the first one to say that. Like if you're here and you've been married for 25 years or more, and I say 25, which may not seem, I mean, it's, it's significant, but 25 years or more, you have ability to go to a young adult couple that is brand mm -hmm. new in their marriage, three years in, that are struggling with their marriage, and you have the ability to be able to say, hey, here are things that work with me. You're a mom that has three kids. You can come alongside a mom that 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 just trying to figure out how to raise their kid. You know, you're someone that uh, that is in a uh, college age. Like there are middle schoolers that would love to to hear you or, or to to have the time where someone like you would invest in them. Right. And I could go on example, an older man that is in their 70, 60, that have lived life faithfully, that they can come alongside a young man or, 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 or you know, a 43 year old, 42 year old man that they can come and invest in them and tell them, hey, you have made, you have been faithful up to this point, but you know, here's all the things to keep in mind. So there's always a need for, for, for mentorship. And I think that like, if you come to the point where, where you feel like, I have nothing to give. That's just a, a straight life from Satan yeah, right. that you're listening. Absolutely. Now, before we would wrap things up here, Eric, you, you've referred to Rick as Bishop as a couple bishop. times. Yeah. So people listening might be like, yeah. why does he keep calling him Bishop? That's yeah. just, that's just a, a clarifying. That's a nickname for, for Rick. For Rick. But yeah. it also fits because he's one of our elders at mm -hmm. the church. And so a lot of people might get confused about confused. that title of bishop, but bishop, elder, shepherd, pastor, pastor. like those are interchangeable, interchangeable. interchangeable yeah. Eric knows I hate titles. Yeah. So that's yes. why he does so it. So he, I know he's he, encouraging. This is, how, this is how homeboy is. He does not like titles. He he doesn't yes. like to be seen. He just wants to be in the background, and and the fact that, and I know that, and I sometimes like to stir the pot. I'm like, you're, I'm gonna call you Bishop. <laughs> yeah. So that's been his nickname. Yeah, ever just since. so people that yeah, listening yeah, heard it, yeah. they might think, why does he keep calling him Bishop? Yeah, so yeah. thought we'd clarify yeah. that. No, but uh, thank you so much for being here. Yes, uh, thank you for, for your influence. I know you influenced Bruce. I know you have influenced certainly have influenced yeah, absolutely. me. Absolutely. Uh, and many other people in our church. And so we're very thankful for the example that you have set. Yeah. And I would even say, I remember the first time I met you and Vonna, you guys were in the family life center service right. and you guys we were sitting in the middle section weeks. about four or five rows back on the end. Yeah. And we had talked when you were visiting. And I remember it was after I had preached and 
you were very encouraging. I remember mm -hmm. that morning and I remember like meeting you. And I remember even talking about it with my wife afterwards. And some of it might've been because you're a fellow Italian, uh, but, but um, <laughs> you want to keep was, dropping that. Yeah, we, it was, we get yeah, it. You yeah, two are Italians. Yeah, okay. Good for you. Absolutely. Um, but it was one of those things that when, when I remember meeting you, like thinking like, wow, like that guy's an encourager. Mm -hmm. I remember that from the first time yeah. in the family life center. And I was always excited to see when you would come back, yeah. you know, because yeah. for a while it, it was like, first. I wonder if Rick's going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. What's Rick going to say? But yeah. So I, I've, yeah. been, I've been encouraged yeah. for how long have you been at Maranatha? About 12 years. 12 years. I think. That, that, that has not changed, yeah. right? So it's always an encouraging thing. And I yeah. think people would learn, you know, even sharing what we've talked about here with other people, because everyone should seek to be an encourager, be encourager. in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think like to, to, to that, like, I love my time with you, Rick. I think for the most part, we try to meet at least once a week. Yep. And if not, we come in passing. But I think the the way I call it when I talk to Jane is I call it my my uh, alignment and balancing time. Like I kind of when your car is starting to ride like lean one way when you're driving, and you have to take it to the to the shop. I feel like that's what happened with my life when I when I meet with you. Because you do but you do two things and you do it and I don't think you uh, I want to say you do it intentional, but it's you encourage me, but you also challenge me, which is what you yeah. want to see in mentorship. Like you want someone that will come to your life. And iron sharp, sharpening iron, which which hurts, you know, it, it's painful, but it's needed. That's how yeah. you stay sharp, right? Yeah. With that being said, Bishop, how do we, we, or let me say this, we end our podcast every single episode. We are on a current streak right now that everybody has gotten right. We want to know is, what do you know the question that we ask at the end of the podcast? We ask a question to the audience. I don't. At the, oh, oh, Rick. It goes with Rick, the name. Let me give you a hint so, so that we don't lose the streak. It's, it's, it, it goes with our name, Beyond the Pew. What, what, what would be the question that we would ask that relates to our name as a podcast? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're not going to get yeah, it. It's what get does it. your it's life look like Italian. beyond, beyond the, pew. the pew? Yeah. I'll always what remember does your now. Life <laughs> like beyond. Yeah. If you was a good streak while it lasted. It was nice while um, it lasted. But that's okay. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll give yeah, another We're going to encourage you to remember yes, next time we have you. We'll encourage you to remember. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye bye.